him to movies last night. afternoon eric how you doing doing well how are you i am not too bad not too bad um considering the the past week's crazy events um i'm i'm all good all safe and sound uh here in nashville tennessee yeah same same um the storms didn't do us in no no yeah luckily and um I would have already added this onto the beginning of the episode, but I am going to send a link or post a link somewhere in the episode description. I'm going to try and figure out some kind of like, if somebody wants to donate to, I wonder if it's like Red Cross or whoever is helping doing the cleanup in Kentucky because, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause obviously if you guys don't, well, you should probably know this by now, Eric and I, we were in Nashville, Columbia, you know, we're based in, in Tennessee. I probably gave all of our stalkers way too much information there. But um, <laughs> so um, anyway, whatever. Uh, so we're based here. There was a really bad storm pass through tornado, actually, the be- beginning of December, which is kind of fucking crazy. Um, passed through. Uh, thankfully, Eric and I, whilst we're on its path, uh, we weren't bothered. But um, if you haven't read the news or you're not, you know, keep it up with the news or you just don't give a shit. Um, Kentucky was just absolutely hammered by the tornado so um really really bad and it just leads you to think like god if that had happened here like i mean if that yeah it's a, it's a terrible thing just before christmas a lot of people yeah. lost their lives so um sending our thoughts uh out i'll not say prayers because i don't pray but sending my thoughts out to the families of everybody affected by the uh tornado mm-hmm. anyway yeah let's get on more positive note a more um upbeat note Eric today sent me a text message. He was like, hey, Scott, check out these two trailers. Uh, first trailer, he was like, fucking hell or something. And then the second trailer, he was like, holy shit, triple exclamation marks. Um, so I could tell Eric was pretty psyched. And if you know Eric, this is really rare for Eric. Eric doesn't really get psyched like that about things. Um, Eric, <laughs> you want to you wanna fill him in? Tell, tell us about the trailers that you sent. Well, the, the first trailer was the new A24 um uh i i can't remember the name of it it's like everything always at all times something like that and it looks uh, it looks super absolutely crazy um has in, having to do with uh the multiverse and kung fu and and i don't even know I don't even know what, what it's about, but I mean, visually, it just looks incredible. incredible. Yeah. So that blew my mind. 
Yeah. That blew my mind right away. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. All at Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, if you if you follow like a A24 or anything like that, they they gave like a little teaser with these little googly eyes. So you, I was like, what is this going to be about? I thought maybe it was like they were going to do an animation or, you know, like something like that. And, um, and it turned out to be something completely completely different and surprising and looks like amazing. Um, and then the, I was scrolling around and then the second one was the, <laughs> I don't even know the title, <laughs> the immeasurable weight of. It's uh, oh God, I'm going to look it up while you talk, <laughs> Eric, because the titles, <laughs> the title is pretty incredible. <laughs> Oh my god. The unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> <laughs> which which is which is starring Nicolas Cage mm -hmm. playing Nicolas Cage. And um I mean if if you're a if you're a movie fan, then then I I don't know. I mean that I don't know if there's a a better movie that's going to be out <laughs> the 2022 than Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage. I just, it, it just, it blew my mind completely and it looks hilarious. It looks so like meta and, um, just full of itself, but it, it, it really, really looks just incredible. Yeah, it does look good. I will say this about, the the trailer for this movie so i've heard of this movie for a while now and i've i've uh i i know that it, like I, I was anticipating the trailer but when the trailer dropped it was still like even crazier than i imagined it would be but one thing i will say about this is if they fail with this movie then i don't like you have to knock this one out the park like you can't have a yeah, movie yeah. in which nicholas cage is playing nicholas cage and he also Apparently, from what I read, he'll do like impersonations of different Nicolas Cages from the movies. So he'll do like a Con a Nicolas Cage and he'll do like, you know what I mean? If if you have yeah. that set up with the cast, because it's Pedro Pascal, isn't it? Who is um, basically, I guess, like a, a super fan, a super, super wealthy super fan who basically pays him a million dollars to come and hang out. And then I guess like hijinks ensue when they get in involved in some kind of like a... Uh, like caper um but so good cast a good like a, a really really meta perfect setup you, they have to they have to deliver on this one you know what i mean yeah 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 um i don't know if it had a release date or not i was just i was busting up as i was watching it so i didn't pay attention to that yeah i think it's 2022 well it is 2022 um but yeah, that's that's going to be actually both of those movies are like the first movie. They uh, I remember the other day you said to me, A24 are going to be releasing something new in the next few days. Like 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 they were expected to drop something. Um, I wonder if this is the trailer that you like that, that we're going to drop. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. I when I did watch it, I do it. it th th this is probably a conversation for another episode, but there's something really interesting about A24. Um well, A for a kickoff, the movie, just to speak about the movie, regardless of the publisher, like the whatever A24 are, like a distributor, whatever they are, um, or a studio, I guess, at this point, um, 
the movie itself to me, you know what it gives me vibes of? It gives me vibes if you mm. were to combine like Kung Fu Hustle, um, like the Stephen Chow style, like, you know, like almost like yeah. over the top slapstick, like uh, Shaolin soccer. Um, if you were to combine that with um, something like Brazil or something, you know what I mean? It's got like a... yeah. Or like Donnie Darko or something. Yeah, like it has this like, um, it has this like full on energy. And like, I can tell that I'm sure Twitter's blown up about this trailer. It's when you Google it, it comes up immediately. So like, I'm sure everyone's like going, going off about it, but it, it, it has like, it has like movie nerd written all over it. Like it, the yeah. minute I saw it, I was like, I have to see this movie. Like, I have to see the movie. Um, and it also yeah. <laughs> gave me that. You, do you remember that movie that came out a little while back called Sorry to Bother You? I think it was called Sorry to Bother oh, You. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of energy, too, where it's like, you know, it, it very self-aware, very like, and then, I don't know. Yeah, it looks great. I, I'm going to, I'll include the links to the trailers in the episode description just in case you don't know how to use the internet when you listen to this and <laughs> um, you can check them out um but yeah dude two good recommendations for trailers there oh yeah 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 so speaking of news i'm not going to tell eric what i read or what i it is pissing me off a little bit eric um that a huge spoiler came out for batman the new batman movie like a huge spoiler oh. um and i just kind of like it, it, it's making me think a lot, you know, with Spider-Man dropping soon and then the pre-release build-up hype. And, and this doesn't happen for other movies. I'm talking about this specifically for like, I'm amazed there hasn't been any Matrix spoilers so far. Um, but like specifically for like superhero movies, I think it's rife for this, is that like there's so much pre-build-up and build-up and build-up. And we're hearing about these movies like years out from when they actually come out. Um, I mean, God, we've been, they've been hyping, there was a trailer for the Batman movie, like before they'd even, like they'd only filmed like 5% of the movie or something crazy. And they got a trailer out immediately. And the hype is so high that like every time something comes out, it's just getting circulated really fast. And I feel like it's really shitty. I mean, did I haven't seen anything for it. I, I saw that there was a tab for a new trailer, but I didn't watch it. I was like, well, I'm just not going to watch it. And, and I don't go on, I don't know what you, what like, uh, media you look at on a daily basis, but I kind of, I keep it like really to a minimum mm -hmm. just for those facts alone, because they'll just, some, some places will just dump all this information just right in the thumbnail and, um, just to, you know, just for clickbait. So I like, I tend to kind of stay away from stuff and, and I'll, I'll usually go and look look at sites once I've already seen the movie if I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper. But it's kind of rare. If I know I want to see something, I, I'm very kind of a, a, aware of when I need to kind of do a media blackout. So, Yeah, it, it was one of those where the, the, the spoiler was in the tagline. So it was just like uh, especially egregious. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, they could have just said, you won't believe this about the new Batman movie. Then everybody would have clicked on it. But like, they didn't have to say what they were going to reveal in the tagline. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that precious. Like, in like, for most things comic book related, anything that they do ultimately spoil isn't out of the realm of what you think is going to happen anyway. So it's not like anything like 
super significant. Um, so whilst I, I find it more irksome than I do like really, really bothersome, but I can imagine this really upsetting some people who are like very, very invested in it. I just think in general, oh, like, yeah. it's a practice that they need to get away. We need to get away from that practice. Like there has to be some kind of etiquette regarding like releasing information for things that like millions of people are excited to see. You know, it's not yeah. just like one or yeah. two people, like millions of people will watch this new Batman movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd mention it because it's it's related to movies and it happened today and it was, yeah, just, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really anticipated, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like the cast a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I could probably go the whole time without anything else being spoiled for me unless, you know, we go to the movies and they show a new trailer I can't help that, obviously. I know. Um, which more than likely is going to happen if we see Spider-Man in the future. Um, maybe, I don't know. I mean, different franchises, but more than likely it'll be on there. Or The Matrix, at least, you know. Yeah, well, it's funny. Definitely The Matrix, yeah. Yeah, yeah a good friend of mine, uh, George, uh, who listens to this podcast a lot, uh, shout out George, hope you're doing well. Um, he, uh, doing? Me and him used to go to the movies all the time. And he would do this thing where he would just, he would get up and walk out of the theater until like, until the trailer was over. Like if he knew the trailer was going to, cause like, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, the new such and such trailer is going to be attached to this movie. He would sit down, oh, yeah, find his yeah. seat and he'd be like, okay, I'll see when it's, when we're ready for the movie. Cause he just didn't want it. And he was actually really, really disciplined about it, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd go good that for far. Him. Good I know, for him. good for him. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm not really that, um, I'm, I, my attention spans uh, not the best anyway so <laughs> well i think even now like when we go to the movies it's usually after work so once i kind of sit in that seat you don't get up a little bit <laughs> i'm not i'm not getting up for a couple hours my body just won't let me yep those old man that old man that's like a a, a bag oh, of old just, bones it, it, just slapped <laughs> down on the, t- on the chair <laughs> everything just sets in place it's like seeing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. i I've, honestly there's been a few times recently uh, i'll not say which films but like there's been a couple of times because yeah we go to and it's always it's not just after work it's always on us on our friday night so to speak it's always our last night at work for the week because we always have sunday yeah. off um again too much information for our stalkers um but <laughs> uh no please stalk me i i would really like a stalker um the <laughs> Oh my God. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. So gonna, it's not only is the end of the shift. You're going to get me killed. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. You can, don't, don't go after Eric. You can, I, I'll take the full <laughs> brunt of the stalking gladly. Um, <laughs> we're both like, yeah, we're like super exhausted. It's end of the week and the end of our shift. So it's like maximum exhaustion level for yeah. the movies. You know, that just shows how, like, how seriously we take this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And and for this week's um, for this week's movie, we, there was it was especially um, the the possibility of being tired was high too because you had to read the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> no rest on this one. Yeah, no rest. Um, going back to Anna twenty four, uh, Anna Perna A twenty four, whatever it is. Uh, real quick, you know, I did have a thought today. So the poster for everything all at once is pretty fun. Um, and like the, they changed their logo at the beginning to match the, the, the artwork for the poster. Um, and it kind of had me thinking a little bit 
Um, recently in the past few months, I've seen um, a lot of A24 merchandise. They, if you go to the website, they have like a like a boutique shop where you can buy like baseball caps, like limited release hoodies and stuff from different themes from the movies. They do uh, a lot of their product sells out really fast that they do like limited drops. So that everything, it's like a capsule yeah. release where everything just sells really quick. Um, all very clever, very knowing marketing for the products. And what it was kind of making me think of is like, and, and you can't really say this with anything else. I guess you could probably tie Neon in with A24. Neon definitely stands up there in quality with A24 because I think Neon puts out mm. fabulous movies. I would say this year, Neon probably has the edge on A24 for quality anyway for the releases. But mm. A24 for me feels like the only studio that it feels like a record label. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It totally super does. Fan, yeah. Super fanboy uh, following. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it reminds me of like a sub pop or like a discord or like one of those, one of those record labels that like when you were like back when people give a shit about music and music was a real thing and record labels were a real thing. Um, you know, you would, you would get, you would have people who are like, I was loyal to specific record labels, like pretty loyal where there would be, um, like Sacred Bones is a good record label and and you would I would like off 4AD so you'd be like I know that I'm going to pretty much like everything this label puts out like this label is mm-hmm. the is like a curated record label that I and like um Domino for example so you you would get like into them and then like they would you would buy all your merch from them too or you would buy concert posters and I and like I think what's kind of clever is that is that they're, they're really I don't know if they're purposely targeting that style but it there's nobody else doing that where it's like, it feels like really, really curated and like packaged is like, like a, it's like a, it's like a lifestyle brand a 24 now, which is pretty interesting. Mm. You know, it is, it is. I, I mean, I guess you could say the same for, um, like Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. You I know. mean, on the, yeah. But like, obviously on like the, yeah, I mean, it is like Disney. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's not an incorrect comparison. It is very much the same thing, but obviously on either ends of like the hipster spectrum or the pendulum or whatever, yeah. how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, very similar. Um, very clever. I like the, the, the way they've handled themselves from their inception to like, to where they've got right now is it, it's really, really well played. Um, I don't know if I expect myself I, I kind of feel like I am starting to backlash a little bit against it because I'm a little bit like, I don't know, you know, like when I say that, like I'm excited and I want to see all the movies, but there's still a part of me inside where I'm like, it's another fucking A24 movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's your cynical old man coming out. Yeah. Or I'm just like one of those assholes where I'm like, it used to be cool before everybody else got into it. You know what I mean? Like one of those, <laughs> one of those dicks who's like, oh yeah, like this band used to be really good until like people started listening to them. Now I can't listen to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I knew all the lyrics before you guys. Yeah, right. God, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I am that guy though. I'm pretentious as hell. So <laughs> awful. Um, I'm, sp- I'm supposed to be the pretentious movie snob, not you. You're, you're the everyman. Well, like I am though. I am. I, I am like... I, I like the fast food too. You know what I mean? I like, I like the fast yeah, food yeah, movie yeah. stuff too. Um, so I am a bit of an everyman. Thanks, Eric. That's uh, the nicest thing you've yeah. ever said to me. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and that's it. That's my Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. One nice, one nice, uh, one nice sentence a year from Eric. 
<laughs> one compliment. Um, so Eric, I wanted to ask you a little bit, this, we're totally off the rails this episode. Um, let's talk about Paul Verhoeven for a little bit, a little bit. Um, okay. How familiar, like, how familiar are you with Paul Verhoeven's work? Um, or just like specifically his work. And and I think that it's important to make the distinction with Paul Verhoeven is to talk about his American work because I am not familiar at all with his work before he came to America, um, which would be back mm-hmm. like late seventies, early eighties. Um, that all of that, that is beyond me. So I'm not familiar with it. I can look it up, but it's pointless because I can't really talk about it with any authority. Um, so we'll talk about Paul Verhoeven's American work specifically. And then also like Paul Verhoeven's style, because he's a very, he has a very particular style of movie making. And I just wanted to know, wait, what's your background with Verhoeven? Sure. I mean, I, I only like you, I only know like the American uh, titles and the name like so i think his his reputation kind of precedes him in a way where where if someone says paul verhoven i automatically think robocop yeah because uh i remember seeing that when it came out um and it was just it was so kind of a, a different take on a on a action uh, movie because it didn't shy away from just like kind of ultra violence in a way. And I don't think I had ever seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, uh, since then I, you know, there's movies like Titan out. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I remembered like his, I remembered his name, you know, it was such, it it was it was it like had such an effect on me i was like well i i just have to figure this guy out or 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 kind of keep an eye um on anything else that he kind of releases and um and so kind of that's my little um journey with him i mean i i always i i always recognize the name so i don't I don't know why that is because I don't think I've seen a lot of his cat, his like his catalog to, to be honest. Um, the same way that maybe someone would compare. I think, uh, I think a lot of people who watch movies know that I would hope at least know the name Terrence Malick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, be- and the type of movies that he, that he makes now it have, have they seen a lot of them? Probably not because it's, it, it takes a lot of kind of really hard work to kind of sit down and, and adjust his films. But like when you say Terrence Malick, I know I know what I'm getting into. When you say Paul Verhoeven, I have an idea of maybe what I what I'm about to get into. Um, but other than that, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's an interesting question because I think that there's an expectation that comes with his name in the same way, like a Malik or a Michael Bay or a Paul uh, Schrader, mm-hmm. um, who just did Card Counter. But um, 
you know, you think Shredder, you think, uh, you know, taxi, taxi driver. So I think I'm more kind of attuned to the name than I am attuned to his, um, his material. His material. Yeah. That's fair. And I think that's, that. I think that's probably true for most people. I think, I think a lot of people would have heard of the name Paul Verhoeven through like some kind of like osmosis over the year. Yes. Um, specifically mm-hmm. because he's been tied to a lot of very controversial movies. Um, and then also yeah. um, the the ultra violence that you mentioned, uh, yeah, Verhoeven is famous for specifically very violent movies, and it's not when you watch them back in hindsight, it's not that they're particularly violent, but at the time when those movies came out, yeah, there was a, a speci- so we'll use Robocop as as a uh, a point of reference. Robocop came out around the same time that like Commando or um, all these other kind of there was a, action movies were very popular, um, yeah, and, and but action movies was still was still for the most part sanitized in a way um at least big budget mainstream action movies were sanitized now robocop came out and i think robocop was on orion pictures which is like if you're a vhs head like you know what i mean whenever you'd see like orion pictures or you'd see like canon or like you know what i mean like you, yeah there's certain yeah. movie movie companies that you knew what you were kind of going to get with and um the thing about RoboCop is RoboCop had that one specific scene um, where they blow up, um, where, the, where they murder him before he becomes RoboCop, and they like basically shooting at him. And there's like ten guys with the shooting at him with like machine guns, and it goes on forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like literally disintegrate him. <laughs> and at the time, oh, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very controversial, very very controversial. And that was actually edited out of the the release, and it was only in the past decade or so that they released like an uncut version of that where you could see all of it because it was like particularly, but like, I think that's part of Verhoeven's uh, style is he's like, I'm not going to beat around the fucking bush. Like if I'm going to do something, we're going to do it. You know what I mean? To, to like blunt force his point across. Um, but yeah, he's so Verhoeven, I'll read through his movies, specifically his American movies. Now, his American movies, when he came across here, he's a Dutch filmmaker, if anybody wants to know that. Um, he came across, and his first American movie was a movie called Flesh and Blood, which is I have not seen. So that was his first US release, and it was with Rutger Hauer, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. I've seen that movie. I've seen, I love that movie. Well, there you go. I love that movie. Well, it, well it's odd because it's kind of set in, I, I want to say it's set kind of in plague times as well. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I I totally remember that movie. Yeah, Rucker Howard. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. that's well. There you go. So you you've seen more than you thought you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he did that. So I've never seen that. But once he moves past that, he's got banger after banger, like hit after hit in a row. So he basically went on. He did RoboCop, um, which is infamous. If you played a video game in the past twenty years indirectly, it's probably been influenced by. RoboCop, like science fiction movies for the past 25 years have been influenced by mm-hmm. RoboCop. Like every, like pop culture as a whole, um, it's very, very, like, um, very influential. Um, then we go to Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man, and that ends his American run. So all mm. gradually increasing in budget, scope, um, all of those movies none of them without the fair share of controversy um specifically showgirls hollow man was very controversial uh with its the way it handles like rape um it, it's a pretty touchy touchy movie that one um for a big budget movie but yeah so he's like very specific style 
but also within that style, he's known for, yeah, I guess two things, violence and sex. I, I don't think I saw Hollow Man. Uh, who was in that? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm aware of it, but, uh, I did not, I believe I did not see that. Or if I did, I really, I truly don't remember it. Um, uh, flesh and blood. It, yeah, it's all, it, I, Rugger Howard, Jennifer Jason Lee, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's all sex and violence just mm-hmm. set in a medieval kind of time period. Uh, Robocop violence, total recall violent. Um, Basic instinct. It's that's just sex. Um, yeah, very. <laughs> it's it's inter- It's interesting. Um, it's very interesting that that he is still getting to make the movies that he wants to make right now. I mean, it, especially in this kind of in this time. I would I would think that if he released a movie, it would be so kind of um, controversial and and just kind of everybody would be angry about it because it because it tackles those very kind of taboo, especially this movie, kind of taboo subjects that people would kind of be up in arms with the with the subject material. But we had talked about this a little bit. I haven't heard anybody say anything about this. So is 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 it like has his time passed? I I wonder is has his time passed um, where it doesn't matter like what he would make that it it really wouldn't kind of have a an impact on on the culture right now well i think it i think it depends so the movies like i know the movies you got the most heat for were probably basic instinct and showgirls like the most heat yeah um basic instinct now i'm i'm gonna say like flat out i love paul verhoeven i think he's a wonderful filmmaker um and i would put basic instinct probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time like i think basic instinct is an incredible movie from start to finish um so i'm I am a bit of an apologist for him, but I think um, the difference is, is when Basic Instinct came out, he was very much at the peak of his career. Uh, Not only that, tie Mm. that in, it was a huge studio release movie with Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. So it was two white hot, well, Sharon Stone was at the time, and I guess Michael Douglas, like it's Michael Douglas. So he was operating, I guess, on a bigger scale, on a bigger level, um, which would naturally attract more controversy. And think about it too. These movies came up pre-internet more or less. I mean, yeah, pre-internet, pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I remember it's all pre-internet. Yeah. So, yeah. so like if you think about it now, you at the time everybody was like, well, Basic Instinct is uh, very uh, graphic depic- depictions of uh, sex, uh, lesbian sex, female sexuality, um, female pleasure. Um and it's still violent at the same time. However, nowadays, somebody's four-year-old can go on the, the iPad when they're in the grocery store and watch somebody get beheaded. Unchecked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, unchecked. Yeah. You can watch real-life yeah. snuff videos unchecked as a child. So, like, the, the, the 
I think how we gauge controversy or controversy, I, I never can pronounce that word probably. It's all fucked up now because of the internet. So yeah. I don't think, yeah. yeah, if he put those movies out now, nobody bat an eyelid, you know, just as I think is what's happened with Benedetta to an extent. Now there has been some pushback about Benedetta, which we'll get into later on. We'll get into the movie later on. Um, because I, because when we were talking about it, you were like, "Yeah, I've seen, no, I haven't seen any blowback, I haven't seen any heat." So I actually Googled it, and there was a, there was some demonstrations uh, in some cities, mm. but like I think New York was one of them uh, where people like early on were like um, stand outside the theater where I was being like, um, "There is no place for um, uh, les- lesbians do not exist within the church or something like that." You know what I mean? Some crazy stupid oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there has been a little bit, but it's it's more like it's very muted. Like it's almost non-existent, really. The, um, That's crazy. I mean, I mean, if yeah, if, if no one's, it seems like no one's covering it. Then is is it irrelevant in a way? I mean, is his is his art form irrelevant in today's kind of uh, movie experience? Well, that's an interesting point because I don't think that I I think then what we'd have to do is separate shock and outrage from what he's trying to say. So like is the shock factor irrelevant? Yes. Is what he's trying to say irrelevant? No. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I think he's always been trying to say something and he's always had a point about like he, I think he's a very good he, he's very good about talking about America, about uh, consumerism, capitalism which is you know all over total recall and robocop and starship troopers yeah. like you know what i mean uh, like all over it um he is so he's very political and i think um so he's always had a he's always, always been like had an agenda with what he wants to say but i feel like yeah like to separate that from like i think he's it's not that he's trying to shock people i think he's trying to make a point by shocking people but therefore, if he's not shocking anybody, is he getting his point across anymore? You know, that, yeah. is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, 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 if we're all just so desensitized, then can the message be heard? I mean, I don't, who knows? I mean, I think in like, I think maybe as we've got to the point now, yeah, like you said, we're, we're so desensitized by anything. Like, does anybody even give a shit about anything anymore? Because it's like, <laughs> you get like, it's almost like you become numb to things while you're just like, you well, know? yeah, yeah. Um, or you have to make something that is so grand and bizarre that it kind of, it wakes, it wakes you up inside. I mean, point it, point in, uh, point in case like, uh, titane, like, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, we we live in a universe that's that's post titane so mm-hmm. uh i wasn't expecting a movie like that and i wasn't expecting kind of the, the my my reaction to a movie like that because i hadn't i hadn't seen anything like that in quite a long time so there there's movies that come along and set benchmarks or like set standards for kind of the the level of um, shock and controversy and um, a movie that like makes you want to talk about it. Um, 
So I think you you would you would almost have to look and look at that movie or look at movies kind of similar to it and be like, well, I have to kind of reach I have to reach this kind of you know uh, plateau and go higher. Um, which I don't know I don't know that he did with this one, but um, I think it could, I think it is possible that it could it could be as shocking for some people, depending on your sensitivity, you know, depending on if you're not completely desensitized to certain elements and themes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, if you, if you are, then it's, then I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's teetering in a way. It's teetering like one way or the other, like not, not too uh, shocking or, you know, on the other end where it's like, I, it's so shocking. I can't see it sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's very kind of interesting. It's, it's well, you know what, you, you know what I was just thinking when you, when you were talking that is, um, you know how I think you do it. So like you have, um, so in the wake of Paul Verhoeven's success or when he was like active, he was an active filmmaker making movies pre-internet. Then you went through this whole revolution and with the internet becoming a thing. So what happened was in, in I guess in maybe in a reaction to the internet, then you started to get um, more extreme cinema. So you would start to get saw movies opening up, which are essentially deemed what torture porn, hostile. Yeah. All these yeah. movies would start to open up in where you would once have um, a horror movie, like a you would have like an omen or like you'd have like, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of a good like, mid 90s horror movie pre-internet but you know what i mean you'd have like a horror movie then what we, mm-hmm. we'd get is yeah. you would get the internet's around so then there was this oh, like yeah like um uh man by stock yes yes yeah exactly so then and then internet comes around and then as a react as a counter reaction maybe i'm not i'm not an expert in this but you would see like so saw torture porn becomes a thing so cinema got more extreme but but it was like getting extreme but it's not saying anything you know what I mean? So then yeah. the ugliest, the ugliest apex of that was where you get up to like, I guess I'm not going to class Serbian movie because it's an art house movie, but you would go to like human centipede, right? Which is a yeah. movie so preposterous yeah. and so stupid and so vile, but, but it also completely redundant. Um, in, in that is like the inevitability because you the cinema the, like you have people who are like well i have to be as extreme as possible now i have to go further than what you could see on the internet further than anything goes to to to, to make a statement but they're not making a statement whereas verhoeven's always trying to say something he was it, it was never about the shock it's about using both combined you know what i mean it's like a a double-edged sword um and then mm-hmm. yeah so like the more desensitized we got the more extreme cinema got and then there's a kind of a, like a snapback where it just stopped happening because people were just like i don't want to see shit like that anymore i guess there's still pro- probably people that do but that kind of genre of movies kind of died out a little bit now which i think is a good thing um so what i think is how you do it is is how titan does it now titan titan is a shocking movie but Titan's biggest strength and how Titan really connects with you is it connects to you through an on an emotional level. So basically that movie is about a, a human connection between two people. It's about two lost people finding each other. Two people broken yeah. people and then and then it's a so it's really a movie about empathy 
and then and it's a movie about love really and hope this hope and love and beauty in titan i think the real way you get through to people right now in in the way the real way movies really really hit people or like if you really want to hit somebody you hit them in the feels hit them in the heart because we've yeah. moved so far away from that as a culture and we've moved so far away of that as a it, well i'm not american but as a divided america um or just a divided mm-hmm. world in general um yeah like that's how you speak to people and that in like it, it's not about like shocking people and saying hey i'm shaking you i want to wake you up this is what's going on we already fucking know what's going on. We're overloaded with what's going on. So what you do is what you be like, Hey, I understand you. Or this is how I, like, I, I see how you feel and this is how I feel. And I understand how you feel. Does that sound really pretentious? Or do you, do you know what I mean by that? No, no, I, I understand. I guess you have to, um, I guess instead of making something so sensational that it's, um, that it appears to be shocking, you have to almost ha- go for the opposite effect, where it's m- more trying to connect on a on a human level and an emotional level than you would a, a, a like a sensational level. Yeah, I I think that, and I think that's the strength of Titan, and that's also why I would never in a million years put a movie like Titan along along in the same group as like um, I don't know. Um, any of those guys who are making like sh- schlocky exploitation shit, you know what I mean? Or like shock, shock factor yeah. movies. Um, even in the art house realm, um, like it's, it, it's, it's a totally separate thing. You know, pig is actually a lot like that pig pig. It was not, it's not a movie that you would class in the, in this rank of like shockers. Um, but it's pigs, a movie that really can, like, it's really, really tries to hammer home, how these people feel and like, and you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I think, and I think that the punk rock now is if you want to shock somebody, give them a hug. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I think that's where we're at. I think that's where we're at. I think that's how you speak to people. And that's how we should be speaking to people anyway, regardless, you know? But, um, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's, it's interesting, especially uh, looking back at Verhoeven's career and the conversation about is Verhoeven relevant anymore? Um, because he kind of just disappeared really after Hollow Man and Hollow Man is not a good movie. Um, and I don't, I don't know enough about Verhoeven. I don't know why he'd stop making Hollywood movies because he, after Hollow Man, he took like a six year break and then he made Black Book, which is like a Dutch war movie, like a second world war movie, I think it is, which is a good movie. Um, and then he took another six year break and then he made a movie called Tricked, mm. which is, I guess is, it, it's not a Verhoeven movie. It was like a, a crowdfunded, like a, some kind of like art project movie that he did with other people. Um, okay. And then it was another four years after that. So really from Black Book, which is 2006 to L, which was 2016. Um, that's a big jump between movies. And then from 2016 to 2021 is Benedetta, which is his latest movie. Now I have not seen L. Um, and I've not seen Trick, but I'm not that fussed about it. But L, I do want to see, and I don't know if anybody is familiar with the movie, but you should check out the trailer for it. It looks very, very good. Um, French movie, um, like set in France, I believe. Um, it's like a psychological thriller. Um, got excellent reviews. So I'm definitely going to, I wanted to watch that before we did the episode, but I'm definitely going to watch it post this episode just to try and like fill in my Verhoeven um, back catalog. Yeah, I... Um... I kind of remember seeing the trailer for it a while ago, probably when it came out Mm -hmm. and it just, it just slipped, you know, it just slipped through the cracks sort of. Yeah. I I think it did. I think maybe when that, 
I don't think it was really pushed so much as a Paul Verhoeven movie, you know? And maybe yeah. it was, I don't, I, yeah, I'm a little, 2016, I think for me was before I really got back into movies as much as I am now. I was very much still yeah. like in and out of movies. Um, so yes, yeah, so anyway, that's Paul Verhoeven. Um, so I guess that leads us up into talking about today's movie, which is Benedetta, which was just released this past weekend, I believe. Um, I think we saw it the first weekend. Um, and now Benedetta is out. Yeah, well, yeah, first weekend for us, at least. For us, yeah. Um, I don't think Benedetta has a very big cinema, uh, cinema release. I think it's probably going to, if you have a decent art house movie theater in, in your town, or you have like enough AMCs that one of them is doing their like, uh, I forgot what AMC call it, but they do their like their art house movies. They they brand them as something different. Um, but you could probably find it. It's some screen, but it's not going to be like it's not openly available, and it's not streaming right now either. I don't think it actually comes on yeah. the stream until next week. Um, if anybody's trying to catch the movie, um, so just to give a quick plot synopsis before Eric and I start talking about the movie, Benedetta is um, a movie. Um, obviously it's a movie, it's a biographical drama <laughs> film. Um, obviously, uh, it was co-written by Paul Verhoeven. Um, and it's basically a movie about a, a young girl who joins a convent, uh, during the 17th century in, uh, um, in Italy. Um, so that we're during the plague time, the black, black plague. Um, she joins a convent and then basically as she grows up in the convent, she begins to have uh, a lesbian affair with um, a younger girl who comes into the convent, who's like a, um, like a local like villager. She joins a convent. She begins to have a, um, an affair with this girl. And what happens is uh, she begins to start to show, um, uh, I guess what you would call like um, early sainthood. So she goes through like, um, she gets the stigmata, um, so on and so forth. Um, and basically she becomes this very controversial figure um, and you, it sort of divides the Catholic church and between people who believe that she's the real thing and that she is really being spoken to directly by God um, or she's some kind of like charlatan or some kind of like um, crazy person who's just doing it for the attention. And then basically what ensues is like a, it's like a psychological like drama um, that basically covers the, that situation that developed. The movie is based on a real story that happened um, on a real nun called Benedetta, um, which we'll talk about later on. Um, I'll talk about the real story because I did do a little reading up on that. Um, so we can talk about the differences between what actually happened supposedly and what, what the movie depicts. But that's pretty much the, the, the rough outline of the movie. Yeah. Um, now, did you know any of that going into it? Because <laughs> I, I, I will say this, I was, um, I was uneasy leading up to this, uh, because I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I knew it was kind of, I knew it was, um, once again, I knew it was Verhoeven. So I knew it, sex would be involved. I knew there was a lesbian relationship. I knew it had to do with the church. Um, but I really, I wasn't clear on the time frame. I wasn't clear on kind of what was going to happen within the movie or anything like that. 
Um, but uh, so I just I kind of went into it open and not having an idea of what I was going to watch. Um, so I was super nervous going into it for whatever reason. I, I knew about the same as you. I, I was aware of the movie. Uh, I was aware of it from even like last year. Um, I, people have been talking about the movie for a while. Um, I knew about, I pretty much pieced together exactly what, I didn't even watch a trailer for the movie before we went in. Um, the poster kind of is, I the poster is pretty like, aggressively suggestive over what you what kind of a movie it, you think it's going to be you know what i mean um yeah but yeah i was along the lines of yeah i nuns uh le lesbian nuns um time frame i did not i had no idea what time frame it was i i pi i pictured it being a period piece but i didn't know exactly which century you know what i mean um because yeah. like in my head rightly or wrongly i still think nunneries i think that's what they're called or like wherever nuns live kind of still looks the same. They, they kind of dress the same as they did back then anyway, still. So like, I wasn't really like, I, I didn't see any promotional material and be like, oh, this has to be the 17th century specifically. Um, I didn't know where it was set. I knew it was uh, European. I didn't know it was in Italy. Um, so there was a lot of things that I didn't really like piece together. You know what I mean? Um, but other than the, what I expected, which was going to be some kind of like, Exploit I I expected an exploitation movie, I guess. That's what I expected. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a caged heat um, or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think when it once it started, um and you get like the first ten minutes or so, no, I'll, I'll I don't I don't know, like the first I don't know maybe the first half hour it's a it's a it's about a two hour long movie i would say about the first half hour you get i never got a sense of what like what the what the theme or or like the what the theme of of the movie was as far as is it is it is it going to be a commentary on one thing or the other is it going to be like a heavy satire is it going to be not not necessarily like a like a hard comedy or anything, but is it going to have comic elements because there are some dream sequences that are so bizarre, uh, that almost lend itself to it, it being super satirical and, and very aware of itself. Um, but that's it after about the half hour mark, it really kind of kicks into it's, it's natural story at that point. It just, it's telling you about these characters and their relationship and stuff like that. And the, the very kind of strange and off putting uh, visions that she has kind of take a back seat in a way. And, and I'm like, well, what, what, what happened with all, what happened with all that kind of imagery? Like it, that just kind of went away. And you got this very basic story of a power grab situation. Um, I would classify this movie as a medieval con movie. <laughs> like, I mean, to put it in the simplest terms, it's it's a to me it seems like a a a, con, a movie about a, a con artist in a way. 
No, I could totally see, I could totally read it that way. I mean, I guess, so we'll, we'll just talk spoilers. Obviously I like, we're going to get into spoilers because I think it's going to be difficult to talk about any other way. Um, I think really yeah. the movie boils down to, I think really the, it's the, the very end of the movie is the, like, like the coda or whatever it would be at the very, very end. Um, and basically based on her actions, um, that it's kind of, I think, um, it's going to, you're going to be separated two ways on this movie. You're going to either think that this movie is about somebody who is knowingly tricking the system or knowingly for whatever reason. Um, cause I don't really know what you'd stand again from it other than infamy, um, is, is, you have to, you, you're going to be divided on how you see Benedetta as a person. Say they're going to be like, does Benedetta, is she knowingly doing this, knowing that what she's doing is she's faking um, the, all of this, or does she, is she faking it, but she believes all of it? You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, you, either, yeah. you either think that she's aware of what she's doing or she's not aware from it. Or tr more tricky is that she's aware of what she's doing, but she thinks that, she's being told to do that. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, yeah, being led to, to take these actions, mm -hmm. um, almost like a, almost as if she's a true believer, which I, I don't know, at least for me, the portrayal that I watch, I, I don't, I think, I think she thinks that she's helping people in a way but the only way that she is able to help people is to stay in power or, or be the authoritative voice in, within this community. Otherwise that, you know, everything is going to crumble around them. If she is not the one that they're kind of holding up, you know? So I think she believes what she's doing is right. I don't necessarily know if she is, is a true believer in the in the sense of being a true believer yeah well i think it raises an interesting question because what it really i think so obviously when you when you see in her action so benedetta basically goes through the stigmata um and which it would be classed as a miracle um and now so in order to become a saint I think you have to have uh, you have to have a miracle happen to you. I'm not sure the rules about becoming a saint, but anyway, it's something along those lines. So it's like um, there's been other people who've had like within this. So this falls within the Catholic Church, obviously, and this is specific to the Catholic Church. But she um, undergoes the stigmata. Now, you would think that when you get the stigmata, which is where your hands and your feet, and then you have a crown of thorns and you get a spear in the side. So it's basically all the wounds that Jesus would have suffered on the crucifix during his crucifixion. Um, you would think that, that that would magically appear. You know what I mean? If it's a miracle, all of a sudden these things would magically appear. However, the movie poses a pretty interesting question, which ties it back to the way people see faith, is that there's this adage that people have where like God works through people. So God performs his miracles through us. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard that before when people say that? It's like, it's like, well, I don't, I don't believe in gods, but people are like, yeah, but it's like, God's not going to come down here and show, sh God's going to act and speak through you. You know what I mean? 
Therefore, yeah. Yeah. if that's the case, if you were to undergo stigmata, wouldn't God tell you to give yourself those wounds? And then that's him acting <laughs> through you. So it's kind of yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of playing around with that notion that of, of what people, how people use that as a, um, as a, um, I don't know whether it's, it, it's like to, um, to fulfill their own beliefs or as like a affirmation of their own beliefs in, in a higher power that they think that the higher power, because there's no like visible evidence of the higher power, then they're like, well, we are the visible evidence. You know what I mean? And like, so, which mm -hmm. is an interesting loop that goes around. And I think that's kind of might be the point of what he's trying to say about that. Um, I might, I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, so that does leave it on murky ground though, because you would think that, well, if she's given herself these wounds, then she's, she's knowingly, she knows that she's full of shit. But what if she thinks that she has to do that because that is what she's being told to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you, you could definitely look at, look at it that way. Um, I think there's a lot of different angles that you can come at, um, with her character. Um, it could be that she's always just been the center of attention. It, it at least seems that way where she's always the center of attention with her own family. This is her, her kind of her surrogate family right now. So she needs to be the center of attention of that family. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's like, she always gets what she wants in a way, you know? Um, so why wouldn't it be that she, that she gets what she wants from God, you know? So of course, you know, she's going to be the center of attention when it comes to that too. So I don't know. I mean, there, it, it is interesting. There is, a, there is uh, quite a few ways that you can read this movie, which makes it good in it, which makes it good in that sense. Now, is it entertaining? Yes, 100%. Hmm. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm still wrestling with that in a way, you know. Um, what I, I was entertained by it, but I think my, I, I think the entertainment was on a, on a, on the basis of the story itself, you know, just like the basic story, story beats themselves because, I, because of the way that I interpreted it at the time, you know, she, it's it's she's playing a con she's playing a long game it's it's a it's a power grab the entire time um her she's doing like these you know these like small cons to make these bigger cons happen um and so she's always like one two steps ahead of everybody else and and it's all kind of it's all playing to her favor so in that sense, I mean, if you just go into it wanting to watch kind of that movie, I think it's entertaining. Um, I think at times it, it's almost, it can be a little full of itself mm -hmm. or um, it could be a full of itself, but not so much that it's aware of what it's doing. Um And I'm kind of, I want to get your take on the whole kind of 
angle it takes with the with the kind of with the the attention it it, it kind of puts into the the uh affair that she has with the uh with the farm girl i'm not going to get their names because they're french names and i'm it's a uh, benedetta that, i believe i how do you pronounce yeah, that name I, I would uh, I would never get that. Bartolomeo, <laughs> Bartolomeo is how you pronounce her name. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because she like that character right there she is is not not a believer in any sense of the word. She's just she's a survivor. She's yeah. a survivor because she has to survive in that time period. She was basically having to sleep with her father, her brother. Her father was prostituting her out. She was looking for a way out. So. She's going to find it any way that she needs to get it. Benedetta is in power, or maybe she had a sense that she was going to be in power. Why not attach yourself to that person and and start a relationship with that person? Now, that's kind of a cynical view in a way. Mm-hmm. It, could, it, it seems like by the end that there is true feelings that she has for Benedetta, and, she, and she's like, well, let's just be together somewhere else. Um. So I think over that natural trajectory, uh, feelings develop. Um, I'm not sure if it's reciprocated in a way because with with Benedetta, it's all about she's the center of her own story. So I think people can kind of come and go within it. And uh, Bartholomew, I'm surprised I got that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, She fulfilled like a physical desire that, that she was kind of wrestling with herself that Benedetta was wrestling with herself. And she kind of just filled that, that physical void that that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that's a if, good if that point. character didn't show up, yeah, if that character didn't show up, would it just have manifested with someone else? Uh, you know, uh, oh, so. yeah. Or would it have been, yeah, because that's a really good point because, like, there's an argument to be made that um, Bartolomeo, however, yeah, well, that was it. Um, she is about as useful to Benedetta as the dildo. She's more or less, yeah. she's more or less, like, you could you could argue it that, like, she's literally just a sex toy. Um, yeah. Which, it sounds terrible and and it is yeah you're right it's a negative way to look at that 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 character because she is obviously you you told you're right she's like a cockroach and a terrible um (laughs) expression to use but like she is all about survival she's had a horrible horrible life completely opposite end of the scale to benedetta who looks like she obviously well she did come from a wealthy family um, well yeah and well yeah yeah so she came from wealth in in like so she was all very sheltered uh brought into this um this convent um and then yeah it starts to level up rank up through the ranks so to speak and then when she comes in Bartolomea, she is um yeah like basically like if she didn't get in there if she didn't manage to get in the convent she was she was dead she was basically like she was screwed she was doomed she was doomed so and, and yeah and so like uh benedetta she 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 petitions like her father. She was like, you pay, you pay for, pay for to be here sort of thing. So she's basically buying a pet in a way, you know? Yeah, she kind of is in a way you're right. Um, in, 
what it ultimately what it ends up the, the the crux of the movie where what and what I was saying before is like this is why you think that maybe she believes her old bullshit. It's like she's she goes back to the village after everything goes down. She goes back and then Bartolome is like, "Are you sure you want to do that? They're gonna they're gonna like you, you're screwed. They're gonna arrest you. They might they might burn you. Whatever the stake again." And she's like, uh, "She's like, no, no, I I I um I'll be fine. God will look after me." Um, but she kind of just dismisses her when she's out there. She's just kind of like, no, I'm going back. Like, I, I don't care if you come with me. Like, that's the vibe I get. It's like, I don't, I, yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, whether you come back yeah. with me or not. Like, so really, yeah, she's kind of insignificant to her. So like that relationship is more about her expressing her own sexuality, regardless of who she's expressing it with. Mm-hmm. And she just yeah. found a willing cohort, I guess. Um, I couldn't really decide when I was watching the movie. Like, I'm not. I don't think I'm. Obviously, I'm not that smart. But I couldn't really. I couldn't really decide if she was using her as a um, as a stand-in for Christ. Like, you know, if she was supposed to be the bride of Christ, um, or like Jesus's oh, yeah. bride. I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand if like she was just basically engaging in a sexual relationship in using her as a, um, like a, a tool to do that is a, like as a, um, what's the word for that? She's a, a, like a totem of, of, of that. So she's, it's yeah, not even about yeah, her being yeah, a I lesbian. It's not even about her being attracted to women. It's all really about Benedetta's pleasure because really she uses the infamous, um, Virgin Mary dildo on Benedetta, not vice versa. Um, Benedetta has scenes mm-hmm. where she is like, and we're being, we're, we're talking about sex, whatever you, if you got this far and you know, the movie's about sex, she's, uh, Benedetta <laughs> is shown masturbating and she's like, Hey, just take your shirt off. Just, just let me see your breasts, which is kind of like, so she's, it's not, it has nothing to do with Bartolomeo's pleasure. It's all about Benedetta's pleasure. Yeah. So you could really stand that in. It doesn't, does that necessarily mean it had to be a woman? It could have been a guy. It, yeah, it could have been. I mean, you're you're kind you're kind of given um, an indication that she she might lean more. She might lean towards a kind of uh, a lesbian attraction because, like, early on a, as a child, there's like there's this like scene where she's like kissing the nipple of the statue, sort of thing. So you're you're kind of you're kind of leaning that way anyway, but I think later on as, as she kind of starts to kind of investigate, you know, her, her sexuality, mm-hmm. it could go either way really, because it's all, it's all about her at the, at the center of everything. It, it's just about her pleasure. Well, yeah. In, in the same way that, in the same yeah. way that like men have sex with other men in prison who aren't homosexual. Yeah. Because there is, yeah. they need a sexual release, and it just so happens that you're around a bunch of other dudes. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could be read that way that she's like, yeah, and like, obviously, she's not going to be around men. The, there's very few men in 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 the um in the convent at all, and and then they wouldn't be considered like applicable partners for her anyway. So it's like, so like, yeah, so there could be an argument made that she's just it's it's all this very selfish, self gratifying. Um, behavior from Benedetta, which also ties into her uh, seeking the infamy, the power, the control. Um, she's the one that God speaks to. She has that scene where um, when she eventually becomes 
christened like the new mother superior or whatever it's called uh, of the of the the convent um Benedetta gets it because Benedetta is the one that's had the stigmata and it's like a it's like a political populist move they're gonna like they're gonna promote yeah, it so to speak yeah. as like a it, yeah it's like a very shrewd business move by the church be like hey we've got a potential saint on our hands so she takes over the uh, in the role of um mother superior or whatever um she has that line where she says to the to Charlotte Rampling's character who's just been dethroned so to speak she's like hey I need you to come to my um whatever the service is where she gets sworn in as being in charge i need you to come to that because god told me that you had to be there and then she goes to charlotte rampling's daughter who she hates she's like oh you don't have to come god didn't mention anything about you so it's kind of like she's um she's kind of like i'm special i'm the one that god's speaking to she's kind of feeling it a little bit you know what i mean which i guess you would do if god was speaking to you and nobody else yeah and yeah i mean and that's that's kind of like um, that's why I never understood the tone of the movie. I guess that's what I was looking for earlier. I I didn't understand the tone because you get those little flashes of mean girl. Okay, I I'm like the you know I'm the mean girl. You know I'm the top Heather or mm-hmm. yeah. or you know <laughs> um, <laughs> or you get the kind of very weird kind of Terry Gilliam uh, bizarre dreamscapes that visions that happen. Or you get kind of this serious con uh, plot line that's going on, and then you get this this religious um, this kind of religious story that is throughout the whole movie. So, I mean, tonally, I, I couldn't really, I couldn't keep up with it tonally. I I couldn't under, I didn't. But then you have the like the whole like like the whole like the the sex scenes and and like the and how sex plays into like interweaves within the whole story itself um but tonally it just it shifted so much for me it it shifted from from one extreme to the next so it was it was difficult to kind of hold down in a way um so i think at a certain point i was just i just tried to focus in on okay what 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 is her character what is what is the what's the long game here what is what's she trying to accomplish the entire time um so i really kind of focused in on that and and everything else i kind of i i shucked aside um because yeah it was during the it was during the plague so you're supposed to kind of have this idea of all that going on and that plays into it uh towards the end but it was almost just like a little side event that was really happening. You don't really get anything deeper besides it's a, almost a plot tool. The tonal, the tonal shift in the movie is, I think, the movie's biggest problem. It's, I think, it could be seen conversely as one of its strengths because the the, the movie does feel all over the place. And you're right; it's specifically in the first the first uh, act, the first third of the movie, um, before it really settles in, before we really establish what's happening, and then like the narrative takes over. Um, it's kind of all over the place. So the, the, yeah, like the dream sequences with Jesus, where he's like hacking snakes with a sword and the CGI blood. And then the, um, <laughs> like the very over the top, um, very surrealist, uh, 
edge that it has to it. It does give you whiplash. Yeah, you, you, you're totally right. You, you, it does make it difficult to like really settle into a groove with the movie. And when you do kind of settle into a groove to the movie, it kind of, it, when it gets to the last third, it starts to get kind of goofy again. And then, um, so you start getting some of that quirkiness comes back into it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people might push back against that and be like, this movie's kind of like, 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 it's kind of cheesy in a way. And I think that also ties into the fact that the movie is, um, whilst I think the movie's well shot, the movie isn't particularly, it doesn't, it doesn't look low budget, but it doesn't, it doesn't really look a million bucks. You know what I mean? It, it, there's, yeah, it has yeah, totally, yeah. has some wonkiness to it, and it it there's moments in the movie where it looks pretty cheap. I think, um, and uh, I think that that would give some people pushback. And in the movie that it reminds me the most of of Verhoeven's movies is Showgirls. Um, now I know I've listened to podcasts on Benedetta, and I've heard other people talk about this movie specifically in relation to Basic Instinct. And I think people made really good points about the like how this movie ties into Basic Instinct. But like they're smarter than me, and like I don't really want to go into that. But I it kind of reminded me a bit of Showgirls because Showgirls is like that where there's parts in Showgirls that are so uh, like absurdist and so like ridiculous, and specifically the acting is like overly heightened at some points where you're like it really detaches you from it and you're like well that's really weird like tonally it's really really weird um and i got some of that in this movie too where we're, not the acting i think all the performances are really good so it's not so much the acting but like some of the choices in some of the scenes that happen like yeah it it, it does kind of like take it off kilter a little bit and i don't know if that's a conscious thing or like the, if this is his style or okay. you know um, what i mean yeah, it, I, there was a certain point where where I was trying to figure out if if he's trying to make something that is kind of within his within his wheelhouse, or if it was or if it was something else. I could I couldn't tell because I remember like with with RoboCop or Basic Instinct or or those type those types of movies, there was a campiness to them. You know, I never, I never saw Showgirls, so I can't really speak to that. But yeah, that's like the ultimate comedy. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I know he has that kind of style within him, um, and in, uh-huh. and in the beginning, like those that beginning section, it really kind of smacked of that style. But then once it mm-hmm. kind of got into the meat of the 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 plot and the story within the uh, within the I don't know what it's called the the abbey i guess i i don't know um i was having this conversation with tara and i i think i said the coven of nuns and she was like are you talking about witches yeah right <laughs> i was like oh, i guess i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't know so she'll get a kick out of that um uh, so but once it gets into the meat of that story right there um mm-hmm. then it seems like totally it switches again it switches to more like a, almost a a melodrama or a a like like a legit drama is is taking place yep. you know mm-hmm. and then within that within that drama you get like these little kind of weird weird tonal switches it's like super fast you know it happens really fast you know and then kind of switches back to to the movie that that is like the core of its movie and then it it like it like does these weird little turns in there that that um that kind of make it hard to 
hard to define in a way or, or, or like hard to visually define in a way. Um, yeah, because you get things like you get this red comet that's flying, uh, flying over the, uh, where they're at. And so there's a red filter on everything. And, you know, they think it's a sign from God and, and all that. So, and then there's, there's a certain section with that where it kind of turns into a horror story in a way, you know, um, mm -hmm. because you have the plague and then you have this torture scene. And then, um, so man, it's just, it's really all over the place. Now I, now it might sound like I am, I'm kind of, uh down on it where i'm really not i'm just i'm trying to dissect it for myself to kind of see where it fits on on my scale like i'm really kind of i'm in the middle on on the movie itself um because i think i think it's entertaining i i think i think people should watch it now i i do think that it's it has a lot of uh, subjects or, or material that people will find offensive and will be offended by. So going into it, you just kind of have it. I would say you have to do a, a, a little, maybe do if you, if that is the case, do a little bit of homework on, on the movie itself and to, to know kind of what you're getting into. Um, but if you're the type of person who can sit down and, and be comfortable with all, all sorts of material, then it, it would be fine. It would be fine to watch. And then you just kind of come to your own conclusions in a way. Um, now we had talked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we had talked a little bit about like, um, is it a commentary on political power? Because to me, it, it, it kind of reeked of kind of a political commentary in a way, which is interesting. Um, because I, I wouldn't put him past it to be uh, subtle with his kind of messaging. Um, it's it, where it's disguised as one thing, but it's really it's saying, uh, saying something about something else, you know? Yeah, well, what's interesting is, so this is interesting. So I did not know this about Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven is semi-obsessed with Jesus and religion, like, pretty obsessed with it and like i didn't know that about paul i guess he's written books on oh, um yeah. i don't know jesus before i guess i guess i like i'm not I, i'm kind of this is like like um a game of telephone this is like information i've got from other people who've got information mm -hmm, you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like i'm i can't speak with any authority on this but it definitely alters the way like if you were to watch this movie and be unfamiliar with paul verhoeven's work or Paul Verhoeven as a person in what, what his interests are, you would probably see this movie and quite rightly so as, yeah, it's like a dissemination or like a, a uh, like a think piece on organized religion, um, male, um, male control over the female body. Um, mm. where all of these things all tie in anyway. They always do at all times. Like religion is in, in, intrinsically linked to, like women, women's suffrage or women's rights, um, because of the way that women are usually treated by religion, um, historically anyway. Um, and then also, yeah, as like a, um, you could be talking about politics with the inclusion of the black plague. You could be talking about like, you know, I, I don't, I think this was obviously, this was all penned and put in pre COVID, but you could definitely draw a parallel between you can make the, yeah, you can make the argument now and in the plague. Absolutely. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and then how you'd have people like, like uh, the nuncio, who's like the um, inquisitor, he's like a high up uh, priest or whatever he is. Um, he is basically living in splendor, uh, cut off entirely from everybody who's living in his city, dying around him from the plague. And it's almost like he's a, he's like he's refusing to admit that it's real in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot like yeah. you know, like yeah. the situation with COVID. Um, so you, you can draw a lot of, but. As it turns out, um, Verhoeven is very interested in Jesus, very interested in the in in the Bible, in like religious, uh, in, in the notion that these people were once actually real people, but over time have been like mystified in like um, it have been deified into something that they originally weren't. But originally, like I guess theoretically, Jesus would have just been like a Jewish man who was like a revolutionary or like a socialist or like somebody who was like you know what i mean a man of the people yeah like a um uh, at one point and then over time is being made into something and corrupted by the people who were using him as an example and then the thing has been corrupted to a, to to a system that allows people to be in power and essentially because i suppose at that period in time the catholic church was huge and the catholic church were like controlling everything more or less mm. um so there was a whole power structure set up mm. around this religion and um so when you know that about him i think he is really talking about I don't think he's talking about like he, he might be, but I, I think he's really talking about faith in, in, you know, in like, I think he's really talking about religion, um, mm. which you could get a ton of from this because like the whole notion of like, um, yeah, we, we believe in miracles, like the Lord provides miracles. And then the minute a miracle starts to happen, that threatens their um, level of luxury. They're like, oh, that can't be, that can't, you, you can't have a miracle happen to you. You're like, you're a woman, you can't have, or like, you're, you know what I mean? Like the, the notion of like, that they, they all believe, uh, they're using this, this, this notion of like miracles and like this benevolent God is a way to get all these people to obey their rule. And then the minute, like, cause I often wondered, I don't know if you ever wondered this, that I'm like, I'm, I was raised Roman Catholic. So like I was raised as a Catholic and I went to a Catholic school and I was an altar boy. So like, I'm already kind of like super fascinated with anything that deals with like Catholicism in movies. So like, I love like cheesy Catholic themed uh, horror movies like Stigmata or like, um, you know, so many of them, yeah. like The Exorcist, Omen, anything like that. Like I, I love all of it. I get eat it up. Um, I love the, the notion of like, um, uh, exorcism and like in like uh the vatican and like how there's orders of priests and you know i find it it's like almost like comic booky you know what i mean like because it's like the so like the imagery within the catholic church is like super cool and interesting yeah, you know yeah. what i mean um and now obviously i'm an atheist now but um where the hell was it going with this yeah so but i often have wondered it myself if 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 for example I can't speak for anyone listening and, and don't be offended by anything I'm saying. I'm not judging anybody who is religious. I'm just saying what I believe. Um, I, I don't care if somebody's religious. I, as, as long as somebody's cool, they're cool. I don't care what you believe in. As long as it's not, as long as you're not telling me what to believe in, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I often wondered as a lapsed Catholic and as an atheist now, if Jesus was to come back on earth right now and to start acting like he was acting in the Bible, nobody would give him the time of day nobody would give him the time of day. He would be seen as a leftist, communist, hippie <laughs> piece of shit. Like, and and I yeah. think there's elements of that in this, in this, this movie, because when she is, she's like, 
hey, listen, like God is speaking to me. Like I have the state, like, you know what I mean? Like she's immediately dismissed um, by the people in power, not by the people around her, not by like the people of the village who are like, oh my God, she's a saint. Like they're like, like worshiping her, uh, but by the institution the institution refuses to believe it. Now, I think, and I, often, I think this is a really interesting subject. Like nowadays, it, I don't even think it would just be the institution that refused to believe it. I think people would refuse to believe it. Yeah. Like, I think we've got to that point now where people would judge her because the, the movie's kind of about judgment. You know what I mean? About like oh, yeah. instant judgment yeah, on very people. Much so, yeah. And like, which is very appropriate for the time that we live in now with like, social media um but like yeah like it, that's a fascinating question because i genuinely believe that with i genuinely believe that if jesus was to come back he could not do the same shit he did back then because he would just be cast out immediately and not only cast out by the institution but cast out by his fellow man yeah um which is wild so and i think i don't know if he's talking about that in this movie but yeah it's pretty deep yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that you can kind of really dissect uh, theme-wise. Like, like it, it's like, it's all up there. Like, it, all the themes, any argument or any discussion that you want to have about any of those topics, it's all just, it's, it's perfectly built into all of those subjects, you know, religion, politics, you know, controversy, it's it's pretty much it's sex it's all in there so any of those kind of hot button topics or anything like that you can kind of you can you can pick your side and you can argue for it um and that i think that's the movie that he made in a way now is, is everybody gonna get that from this i i don't know i i don't know because it because i think some of the subject matter on screen might put people off in a way um enough for them to maybe follow it you know to a degree to where they can really kind of analyze it and break it down um that I, that's just going to be like uh, on an individual basis, really. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's a good question. It's, it's a good question, and I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what the answer would be, and I, I don't know that that, like I said, because I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this so much, and or maybe I haven't sought out. Uh, media that has been talking about it so i don't know where people are on this movie at all you know i mean it's got it's yeah. got pretty good um reviews i mean from what little i've, I've seen but i no one's like no one's talking talking about it like the way they did you know the way they did titan or the way that they're talking about licorice pizza or the way that they're talking about you know the new spider-man movie or something you know so it, it i think it's just going to be one of those movies that is going to come and go really fast and 
I don't even know if it's going to have a cult following in a way. That's that's why I kind of brought up earlier is 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 the things that he's trying to talk about. Is it irrelevant at this point if it's not going to be like mass consumed? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's maybe been a shift to like I feel like the the kind of people who would really want to like talk about this movie, um, which would be like the likes of you and I, people who are like super into movies. Um, and then you would also have like your arty crowd, mm-hmm. like people who are into um, you know, like like the conversation around film. I feel like we're the kind of people now that are also conversely the kind of people that don't really want to talk about religion and i think there's almost like a i think everybody like there's there's a i might be wrong in this but i do feel like there's a um there's a exhaustion that we have where i think people don't want to talk about politics and don't want to talk about religion Mm -hmm. so when a movie that comes out that's specifically hyper focus on religion i think there's a lot of people who are like oh that just seems like too heavy or like something i don't want to like you know what I mean? I, I don't want to champion something like that because it's just too heavy or like, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that it's, it's religion, sex, politics, and then you have to, and then just throw in, why not, why not throw in a world plague on top of it? So <laughs> yeah, mean, for sure. I don't, it's kind of everything yeah, at once. It really is. I mean, that's, that's what's intriguing yeah. about it. Honestly, that's what is really intriguing. If you, if you sit down and you talk with someone who, who can help you dissect it like we are, you know, um, that's what makes it so much interesting as a film that it is really kind of covering all these interesting grounds masked as a certain thing. And you can, you can apply pretty much every talking point to it in a way um, but I think people, like you said before, I think people are, are dealing a, a little bit with exhaustion and fatigue of the time. So tonally, I don't know if it's, if it is the right movie at the right time or not. I mean, I don't know because it seems like critics really love it. So, I, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's very, very interesting. I don't think the movie I, I was going to mention too, like the supposed shock factor of the movie. I don't think there's anything particularly shocking in this movie. Yeah. Um, not, now not, that's not because I'm desensitized, yeah. but like, I don't think, I don't think anybody should be worried about what you're going to see. I don't think there's anything particularly like, even in terms of like the sex that's portrayed, it's pretty tame Um, in terms of like, uh the the way it handles sex i and what i think is kind of interesting about the movie too is like the more i think about the movie and this is just my reading of the movie the more me and you talk about the movie and the more i think about the movie and the more i read about um the movie the less focus i have on the the sex in the movie at all so it's almost to the point now where i don't even really consider the sex element of the movie really as a is is like a decisive factor in the movie for me in yeah. terms of how I view yeah. the movie. Like I I think it's there, but I don't think it's like 
I don't know. I can't tell why it's there though, because it has to be there for a reason. Like yeah. I don't think it's there for titillation. No. Is it there for titillation? I don't no, know. I don't yeah, I don't think so. I mean, um No, there, he's too smart for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely um there's definitely a shock value to it because when when everything kind of happens and goes down, it, it's definitely ramping up to it. But um but I think once once everything just really kind of happens, it's just like it's just like watching a a sex scene. Uh, I I would consider I would consider the 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 scene between um and don't look now more so mm-hmm. like like more so like um shocking in a way than 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 uh this one was you know uh it just seemed like it it was it was in there just to kind of bring those characters together a little bit more and and make you feel like there there is this intimate connection and then later on when it kind of severs you have you might have a sense of a sense of loss for one character or the other. Like, so you lose a connection too. If it, if it even Mm -hmm. sucks you in that way, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it did, to me, it didn't need to, it didn't need to be in there as, as much as it was. It didn't bother me that it was in there. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a selling point for the movie. It didn't have to be. I didn't, I I wasn't going to see that, you know? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I, I could have, I could have left it or taken it out, and and it would have still been an interesting movie that that handles a lot of different talking points um, within it. Yeah, for sure. And and like I I do want to like clarify too that like. I, I'm the same as you, Eric. It's like, it's funny. Cause like, if I was like, it's going to sound interesting, but funny, but like, if I was like 14 and this movie came out, you're damn right. I'm watching it for the sex. <laughs> like, that's why yeah. I'm watching the movie. Like that is going to be why I watch the movie for the sex. If, what, if I was like a young boy, um, those days are past though. Like we have the internet now and like, um, yeah. also like, so yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, I didn't like at no point, was I sold on this movie because I was like, sweet, it's going to be raunchy because like, I'm, I'm just not in that point in my life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't yeah. care about that. Like, it's not, that's not a selling point for somebody like me. Now, the movie though, which is what's really interesting about the movie too, and also I think is worth stating here, is that we're two cisgendered white men talking about a movie and we're talking about things that happen in the movie. I can imagine this movie plays very differently for a woman Mm. I can imagine this and I would be fascinating to see what a woman thought of this movie. I think that would be very interesting. And not only that, I think it would play again different for a woman who is LGBTQ or, you know, like as a gay woman or a woman who is a lesbian, like they would probably be like, okay, well, this is what like they could probably that'd be very interesting because I feel like they could fill us in on a whole ton of shit that we're missing Mm -hmm. that like. Because obviously, me and you, did, uh, my reading of the movie definitely did swing towards the lines of like, Benedetta doesn't give a shit about Bartolomeo, mm-hmm. um, in that the sex really isn't important. But that's just me saying that as, as like a normal dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could imagine somebody else be like, no, that like, this is a lot to do with like, I don't know. Like, so 
when you all listen to this, yeah, obviously take take what we're saying with a grain of salt too, because like we can't talk about the movie in the way it affects everybody because we're not everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about, well, that's really what's really cool about art in general. Um, and I think that's why it's also important to have as many people's voices when we talk about art because it can affect so many different people in so many different ways. Um, I, I will say in the movie's defense, and again, I might not be qualified to say this, I do not think this movie is shot with like male gaze. So I do think while the sex scenes are pretty raunchy, I don't think any point of what I was watching, I was like, this is like lusty. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. I didn't read that from this movie. Like in, I've, I found scenes in the Zack Snyder's Justice League far more egregious than scenes in this movie, mm. in this full-on nudity and sex in this movie. But, like, the camera's not, like, up Wonder Woman's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it is in that yeah. Zack Snyder movie, where it's, like, jarring, where you'll, 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 you'll cut to, like, shots of her that are, like, really, really jarringly, like, male gaze. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get that in this movie no, at all. No. So that's, I will defend the movie on that point. Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're correct in that. Um, and I will I will say as far as tension between two characters, say like even sexual tension uh, between two characters, I would say there's more kind of uh, sexual tension in characters more so in Power of the Dog than there was in this movie. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see, we'll see how many people get, like, I, I think the discourse in this movie, if there is any, would be interesting to see as time goes on. But yeah. I feel like this movie is going to get forgotten about like next I week. I really do. I, I mean, mean, I, like, I think uh, it is, it's going to get passed up. Yeah, I think it is too. And, and I think that kind of loops back to what I was saying too, in a sense of like, if you think about the movies this year that are going to have the most discourse around them and the movies that are like really, really like seem to be latching on with people, the power of the dog, you have that, uh, Diana, that Spencer movie, um, princess Diana movie. Then you have that movie, the worst person in the world. I don't know if you saw the trailer. I did. I watched the trailer um, that a lot the of people other day. Are, yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of people are super into that. Uh, licorice pizza, I guess is going to be on most people's top 10 end of year list. Um, when you think about those movies, what's interesting, what all those movies kind of have together, and I, I'm including Titan in this too, in, in this, in this, is that all of these movies deal with the personal. So they deal with like personal relationships, interpersonal relationships. It deals with like small scale on a small, I mean, I, yeah, obviously Princess Diana was huge and it's a big, it's part of the royal family, but it really, it's really to do with that, that woman's experience, her personal experience mm. in, um, in her journey. I feel like the movies that are operating on a much bigger scale. So like at least thematically the likes of this movie, for example, I think the reason why people aren't talking about that is also tied into that exhaustion that everybody has, where I kind of feel like we're obviously so bombarded with everything on such a gr global grand scale that the the movies and the art that we're really talking about and that we're really latching onto are movies that are talking about our own personal experience outside of the large scale. Um, and I think that's where, unfortunately, that's where Benedetta's dropping right now, where it's dropping, where I think a lot of people are like, that's interesting, but I don't want to get into it too much. It was good, but like, yeah, let's talk about licorice pizza. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think 
I think there's a little bit of that going on. And yeah, I, and like, so for me, if I had to rate the movie, I rate it pretty highly. I think the the movie's biggest strength is that the movie's kind of fun. Like the movie, I, it's funny in parts, which is like not expected. And like, um, it has like kind of a, a, it's kind of like a sassy kind of playful sense of humor to it in parts. And I think that the movie is, it's like a romp. It's I think it's enjoyable from start to finish. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, it does... But you have to, in order to get that, you have to be comfortable with its its tonal whiplash. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the same. I'm so, the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm positive on it, but yeah, you you really have to kind of prepare yourself. Eh, prepare yourself, but you know, you have to you have to have the kind of the almost the the wherewithal in a way to just just to sit there and accept all, everything that's kind of coming at you and and pick those kind of themes that you're interested in um and i think that and it'll be in, more enjoyable that way for you yeah i agree uh so i do recommend it it's funny because like i had the i i knew when we came out because we talked after the movie i knew that me and you were pretty much right right in the same yeah had in the same mind frame for this movie i think we both kind of read it the same way yeah. we both kind of i think it sits I, we received it the same i think for sure mm-hmm. for sure more so than i think any other movie this year i think there's been movies that we both really like but i feel like on this one we both kind of just knew what we were going to say yeah yeah i i think so yeah 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 i think so so yeah i do recommend it so um if you've Obviously, you're a crazy person if you've listened to this whole podcast and you haven't seen it. But if you have listened to the whole podcast and you still want to see, yes, Eric and I, I guess we both recommend you watch, check out this movie. I think you could skip it in the theater. I think you could easily yeah, just rent totally. this one. Yeah, you can catch it on a, a streaming service or rent it for like, you know, six bucks or whatever when it comes out. That, that That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so... That's another week, another movie, mm-hmm. and we're getting closer to the end of the year. Um, really, it's it's kind of a, annoying. We Eric and I were talking about this the other day. I feel like there's just a huge dump of movies right now, and it's like, I don't know why they haven't spaced out these movies a little bit better. Well, I know why, because obviously the beginning of the year, the, the shit's scared to release anything. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's, it's a little overwhelming now, the amount of stuff that we've got coming out, and we don't have a lot of episodes left, so yeah. we have The Matrix coming out. Matrix, um, Spider-Man. Pizza, <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, Don't Look Now. Was it Don't Look Up? Yeah. Don't Look Up. Um, the Adam McKay movie yeah. that looks very, very good. Um, there's another movie coming out and streaming soon too. That's another big one that's dropping. I can't remember what it is. There's, I would say there's at least five or six big heavy hitters still dropping before we go into January. Um, so your favorite podcast movies last night don't worry we got you guys yeah we got you covered we're gonna go through the big we're gonna do them we might not do them as timely as we have been because we have lives outside of this podcast um so we'll try and fit them in where we can and we are going to do end of year recap episode which i'm really excited about and um i'm not going to give away any spoilers but hopefully we're planning something that if we can make it work it'll be really good um so yeah i mean other than that eric if you have any closing thoughts, anything you want to recommend, hype up, um, anything? The only other thing that I watched besides uh, 
Benedetta this weekend was uh, there's a movie on uh, Netflix that's streaming, just started streaming, and it was on my uh, my deathmatch list, and that's called um, Coming Home in the Dark. And it is yeah. super heavy and emotional and dark and thought-provoking, and it's about loss and revenge and violence and there's a whole lot of a whole lot of things in there so uh it's netflix it's uh you know about an hour 40 long um and i think definitely worth it definitely worth checking out yeah i'm gonna watch that um um what a little spoiler then are, are you ranking that are you rating it like do you do you think it's gonna like muscle its way into the end of your yeah end of uh end of year list mm. You're not going to give any spoilers away. For that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if it, if it is, it would be, uh, it would be closer to like the bottom. It would be like, you know, probably 10 or nine, something like that. Oh, okay. But I mean, that's still pretty good considering all the movies that came out. Yeah. This yeah. I mean, um, when I build my list then then I'll, I'll kind of have a better idea, but Mm-hmm. you know it's yeah i'm, I'm gonna check it, it out defi- it definitely I don't know it, if I'm yeah in the mood if for it, it, it makes some moves that i wasn't ready for um mm-hmm. and the the guy who plays the antagonist just really knocks it out of the park he just does a, a spectacular job just super ominous so i don't know i don't know i'm gonna have to sit with it for a while to think about that okay sounds good um yeah i haven't watched anything other than Benedetta, I haven't watched any movies anyway. I've watched uh, a bunch of stupid shit on YouTube, like I usually do. <laughs> um, I have. I will say one thing: it's not movie related, but um, I have started playing the Halo campaign, the new Halo campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent, excellent. Is it good? I'm not really. This isn't a, mo- a video game podcast, but like, really, really good. Like, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've. I haven't had this much fun with a game in a long time. Um, so I do recommend it. I rec- I'm, this is a recommendation really to you, Eric, <laughs> not to the, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you got to get on it. It's super good All right. um, on game pass. Yeah. It's, it doesn't start great. It starts and you're like, Oh, this is just like every other first person shooter. But when it opens up and it becomes like an open world game, it's super fun. Huh. Um, so yeah, that's a big recommend for me. Um, I haven't really, yeah. So nothing, nothing to recommend. I'm just excited to, to. I'm really excited to see the Matrix. I think that's the movie I'm most hyped for right now, for the end of the year, more so than Licorice Pizza. I think. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'll. Uh, but I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see, yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna re- try and rewatch all three before Ooh. going into the Matrix. I'm not gonna rewatch any Spider Mans because I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. But I'm gonna definitely probably catch up with the matrixes before we go in um okay well thank you very much everybody for listening um this has been another fun episode um and thank you eric for shooting the shit with me again yeah thanks scott